0: This is More Than Therapy Podcast. More Than Therapy, this is More Than Therapy. More Than Therapy Podcast. This is More Than Therapy. More Than Therapy Podcast. This is More Than Therapy Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of More Than Therapy. Today we have Ms. Andrea Petrute. And though I did not pronounce her name correctly, she said I can pronounce it any way I want,
1: so I will. (laughs) (laughs) You did pronounce correctly. Hello, everybody.
0: Andrea, Andrea. Since she lost her mother to cancer when she was 11 years old, Andrea took an empowering vision, made it her reality, and became her own pillar in life, lifting herself and others on her path. Through her guidance as an intuitive life and relationships catalyst, multi-passionate heart-centered women, visionaries find clarity, severity, and alignment with their heart and life path. Andrea is all in for a deep healing and transformation. She loves working with individuals who are ready and committed and who want to always be centered despite the inner and outer chaos. Andrea is able to guide you so you can tune into the gift of your divine feminine energy. And that's what I'll be working on today. You'll be able to quickly connect with your truth and all your relationships and lead with your heart. Andrea, thank you for coming on today's episode of Mortar Therapy, where we talk about peace, love and harmony and why I haven't seen such things in many, many moons. And maybe you can help me. Come to a point of centeredness, so I can obtain those once again. Yes.
1: Oh, thank you for <laughs> this beautiful introduction. Um, it's a big subject today, isn't it? Peace, love, harmony. Yeah. Um,
0: Especially during these tumultuous times in the uh, in Russia, Ukraine, you know. What I
1: mean? Yeah, and it's it, it's not new all of us or most of us have gone through something in our lives you know you talk on uh, on your show with different guests about adverse childhood experiences all sorts of trauma that happened in childhood and adulthood right and um in my case for instance it has been really hard to admit that i've been through adverse childhood experiences and trauma and Um, You mentioned uh, my mom died of cancer when I was 11. It was was shocking. And at the same time, I did have some time to prepare. I heard, and we heard, me and my dad, discovered that my mom had cancer in the last stage two months before she died. We didn't know she would have two months, but we did have two months with her. So it wasn't sudden. I mentally prepared myself for it. I don't know how, you know, one answer could be the angels talk to me, maybe. Um, But somehow in me, I knew I could handle it. And something clicked inside my mind to the stage of, I got to do something about it. I'm going to be on my own. And unconsciously, I started finding ways to... Be a rock for myself. I didn't know what I was doing. All I knew, I was praying, and prayer helped me a lot. Praying and having faith. (laughs) At some point, um, she was going through horrible pain, and morphine didn't help. And I prayed for peace. You know, I prayed for pain relief from a religious, you know, Orthodox book. And um, my prayers have been listened. <laughs> One day my dad says, Go and bring a candle from the neighbor because your mom died. I was I was in shock. I don't think I really woke up from the shock and really grieved until 29 years later. That's um in the same time, and you know, this is what I I shared about in. Or I share about in some messages to people is I found beauty and empowerment. And I actually found my mother's death as a blessing. I remember I was telling people laughing, you know, my mom died, <laughs> and I was alone. And they're like, uh, you're supposed to cry <laughs> when you say your mom died, right? But I couldn't because I could see that the light she was, that sunshine she was in our lives. She taught me while she was alive, she became a role model. Even if we didn't share stories, like she couldn't teach me, you know, Andrea, do this, do that. But I lived with her. So she passed on something. Her legacy is within me in my character, you know. And when you only have 11 years with a parent and you don't have much time to talk, what you do and what I did is see the signs. What did my mom do? Where did she take me? How did she behave? So I tried to you know, make the image of my mom out of these experiences. And it helped me a lot because I learned so much from her just by remembering how she was.
0: It sounds like a beautiful place to be. And due to, you know, one day they too will be gone. My life with my parents was complicated though, you know, coming over here from the country where we came from, you know, we had a lot of strain assimilating into the American culture. And at the time my parents weren't the best parents that they could be with their own issues regarding who they were and who they were not or how they felt about themselves or how they felt the things should be. My mom suffering from a debilitating mental illness and so didn't know. How to deal with it because she didn't know it was a mental illness because in our culture it wasn't something that you sought sought help for it was something that you was usually shunned and put away for or not recognized you know what i'm saying or prayed away instead of getting help or taking medicine years and years and years all because she was suppressing a very deep deep pain subconsciously and it acted out consciously and until she unfathomed it, uncovered. That pain, only then was she able to be free and get to what we're talking about today, peace, love, and some form of harmony. Mm -hmm. For my own story, I remember when I was younger, I definitely had attributes of peace and love. Harmony, not so much. <laughs> I think that's something you must get must get later because you know life isn't gonna be that smooth sailing until you actually figure out how to navigate life appropriately. But peace and love, I mean, as as rough as I grew up, I definitely remember the highlights. You know, even though me and my father wasn't always on the best of terms, based on the things he did and the things that happened afterwards, when he, when I needed him most, he was there. You know. And I find that to be important that, you know, be what you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be. it. As I try to be what I'm supposed to be at all times, be what I would want to receive. Unfortunately, it's a process, especially when you're still dealing with your, for lack of better word, shit from your past. That, <laughs> In some ways, have you right walk this path that you walk, which it is isn't always pretty. And sometimes there's aftermaths and sometimes people get hurt. As you're dealing with your own shit, because they, they're not willing to walk that journey with you to help them. you understand or help you get through it. You know what I'm saying? And the few and far ones that come between, we push them aside and we push them away, so they can never ever be that support that they really wanted to be. And I, 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 I grieve for that. I, I grieve in that all the time because I wish they, I wish I had power to rewind time back to the hand, back to the time in which their hands were in mine. But unfortunately, you have to have that same 2020 vision that you have looking backwards going forward once you get to a point where you can have that wisdom, have that realization in your life.
1: Yeah. And, you know, um, my parents weren't perfect, perfect either. Their parents weren't perfect either. I mean, every generation, I come from Romania, and my grandparents were born at the beginning of the. 20th century, um, uh, in 1906, 1916. Uh, sorry, and um, <coughs> and if they went through world wars, they went through famine in the 40s, 45, 46, 47, they went through communism and the terror, um, then, then. On my father's side, they went through poverty. On my mother's side, they went through physical abuse. And physical abuse and scarcity has been all over, but um, too many horrible things happened to some of my my people. And the tension in the country for so many decades, it affected us all, and you know best, um, transgenerational trauma, um, culture trauma and the culture of a people and um, i think too many things affected my family and every generation tried and did their best my i know my parents did but it was still to the point where my father without really knowing um what he had done good or bad but just said to me andrea just take what You want to keep from what you have learned from us and discard what doesn't serve you. Every generation is going to get better and they are going to advance. So you will advance more than we did compared to our parents. And he was right. Like I did do that. And I noticed that they didn't know, like you say, they were going through their own shit. They didn't know how to, deal with their own stuff they didn't even know what their stuff was and i think they're still learning but that's the beauty of what i see in older generations or elderly is when they do want to understand they do want to see they do want to make changes they are they're open enough you know they they want to bring some peace to themselves and their families and that's amazing
0: Indeed, indeed, I know when my brother was murdered in 1995. Um, it really disrupted any any semblance of peace, love, or harmony because it was so many so many feelings, so many emotions wrapped up in that. He was eighteen and he was murdered and I mean it just tore my whole family apart, you know. A lot of finger pointing, a lot of self-blame, a lot of, you know what I'm saying, anger towards the perpetrators, a lot of anger at ourselves for not protecting him or keeping him out of a lifestyle that might have contributed to his death. And even now, 25, 26 years, 27 years in July, later, you know what I'm saying, those things still come up in conversations. That pain still comes up. I won't even go to family reunions because I don't even want to be reminded of it because oftentimes I blame myself because if I didn't have him involved in gangs, if he didn't come up to the city I was at and became really gang involved, then that scenario probably would have never manifested. He might, he might be in the city next to mine or in the same city doing something similar or something different, living his best life. Unfortunately, that did not manifest. And like I said, caused a disruption regarding the peace of my family, as well as the peace within myself. As well as the love and definitely the harmony probably harmony will never be obtained unfortunately because that's a lot of pain to let go something something i know a mother a father probably can never let go because you know in their minds they're not supposed to leave this earth before their children
1: uh you remind me here about my grandmother my my mother's mother she She had two two children, my mother and my uncle. My uncle was the alcoholic who physically abused her. Like one day she came home uh, with blood on her head. I was shocked. And, and, you know, she said very calmly that her son hit her with a pen. Uh, For me, grandparents are sacred. I was taught by my father that you don't touch your parents. You respect them. You treat them with high respect. You kiss their hands or at least you speak nicely, you know. And seeing that, I never accepted that this was possible. I healed after because I grew up and I understood more. But still, when I learned from her is unconditional love. And when my mom died, I realized my mom was the white sheep and my uncle was the black sheep. And when the white sheep died... I feel like my grandmother became just a shell, you know, just just a body in there, a little bit of heart and faith in God, and but ninety five percent of her and my imagination was ninety five percent of her already died because she lost the most precious thing she cared for, the most precious thing she always fought for and saved money and on all of that, you know, for the dreams for her children and her grandchildren. Uh so when you say, you know, talk about parents who saw their children dying, I think of her, I think of her, and how much it hurts, and you know, I was angry when my mom died, I asked God, why did you take her, and not the other guy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> my uncle, why did you let him live, and hurt my grandmother, till she died, and you didn't, you didn't, you, you took her, my mom, who was an angel. Um, but life showed me that it's not how, it's not how we think. And there is a meaning to everything, even if it's very painful. The, the, the experience is very painful. It brought the truth in my family. And it gave us all an opportunity for many of us, or some of us were dependent on my mother, gave the opportunity for us to become our own pillars, to have courage and speak our truth and fulfill our dreams. For some of us, it happened. For some of us, it, it's never going to happen because they are too traumatized and they don't want to do the steps to commit to themselves. In terms of my grandmother, um, she kept her faith And she was not angry at all. All I could see was sadness, you know, like deep, deep, deep sadness and continuous grieving. Uh, I don't think she ever smiled after that. I'm not sure. Maybe she smiled when she saw me. I don't even remember. Um, I unfortunately avoided my grandmother because of my uncle. Because my uncle, after my mom died, just like you say about these emotions that come up when somebody dies, especially if she was 46, she wasn't old, right? It was his anger towards my dad because it's the blaming. Oh, my dad didn't take care of her or things like that, you know? I it's It's horrible. I was in the middle, maybe you know the feeling, of loving my father very much. He is my pillar in my life, you know, he is my friend. He's he's been with me all my life. And I know he loves me and he cares for me. And I also know he loved my mom. And on the other hand, is um seeing all these people who accused him and who blamed him and who had all these emotions. And I'm like, I always felt like protecting him and I always felt there was something wrong in what people said, even if my dad wasn't perfect. They, you know, it's it's that thing of pointing towards somebody else and three fingers so to you. <laughs> they didn't see their own faults. They didn't see their own things, but they did see something they believed was my dad's fault, which is not true. In my mom's case, although they had some their own things in in their marriage and communication, it is The person who doesn't speak and say, I don't feel well, I feel sick, uh, or I have too many words or whatever, you know, like when we don't speak, how can somebody know? Uh, (laughs) People don't read our minds. We have to say there is an issue. We have to cry and ask for help. She didn't. And I think this is the main thing why she disappeared so fast from our life and my dad is not to blame, it's it's what it is.
0: Indeed, indeed. Letting go in order to grow is a hard concept. I spoke to somebody about that recently and came to my own realization that my growth is hindered by the inability to let some things go, some of the pain go. As in some ways the pain was a catalyst for me to become the person I am today. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that same pain keeps me from growing or going further in some ways, almost like I'm punishing myself, or I'm not good enough, or it's not for me because I don't deserve it, I guess. Now that I say it out loud, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I guess my therapist won't, won't have to do much work this Wednesday. Well, it's about
1: self-compassion, isn't it? I mean, uh, all these hurtful experiences we're going through, whether we contributed directly or indirectly, or we're, you know, we're victims. um, They, uh, like, the healing is asking of us to offer love and and self-compassion. Dr. Kirsten Neff. Has a TED talk that I love so much, where she talks about self-compassion, and I went to her workshop, and you know, especially caregivers, parents, anybody who's taking care of somebody. She talks about you gotta be, be what, be for yourself. What you are for your friends, you offer them love. You say you hold space for them, right? You, we need to do the same thing for ourselves. Sometimes it can be the hardest because we put ourselves down so much. I could have done this. Why didn't I do that? Blah 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 blah. You know, all that 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 talk that the soul suckers, like some people say, inner critic and shaming and blaming, and it doesn't help. It doesn't help. Um, the you know, every time I hear you talking about your experiences. I hear the word word forgiveness, you know, letting go. I mean, we can forgive, but forgiveness takes some steps. And every time I work with myself and I've learned from other people and I work with other people, the same thing comes up. Before forgiving somebody else, it's forgiving yourself. And sometimes it can be the hardest thing to forgive yourself. So people say, start with small, just Forgive something that is not related to you, something very small, and then st- go to bigger and bigger and bigger things. And then the last one is the thing you it's so hard for you to forgive. And, and forgiveness also implies understanding, hearing the truth within your heart and hearing the truth from other people. For me, for instance, commun- you know, I discovered communication is a problem we we have in the world. Because I think something, you think of something about the same situation. I'm not asking you what you think and I'm not telling you what I think. But I'm making assumptions and judgments. You're making your own assumptions and judgments. It's normal. It's what people do. But because we're not sharing each other's thoughts, we don't give each other an opportunity to reveal what is to put it out give it a name it's grief it's anger it's and work with it right um and and this is what people do in therapy with with the best people who can hold the space allow allow the truth to come out so you can work with it like you're speaking you're speaking and you're realizing things about yourself you're like Oh, so this is my truth. okay, I'm gonna do that in the therapy session. I'm gonna I've revealed more. This is what we don't do. We um, if um, we had um, people who would try to um, I forget the words now. Okay, what I was saying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I do that all the time. Even sometimes, even in therapy. So,
1: <laughs> so yeah, communication. We're talking about communication. Communication. We need to communicate how we feel. Right. If there's nobody around, it helps to to speak, mm-hmm. to speak it out. Um, with the deepest work, uh, I believe we need help. Like, all of the deep things that I've worked on myself with myself, they always started with having a conversation with somebody who understood, who could see. And you were speaking about in the beginning um, about having somebody you can trust, they know, they can understand you. This is something that I missed in my life. Only later, after decades, after trauma, traumatic events, I actually found somebody. But in the beginning, I saw psychologists who were not able to um, really read the genius in my kids or the potential in my kids, and they were dismissing what they were seeing. Uh, I was like when we, we, when I mean we, I mean patients, okay? I'm looking at myself now as a patient. When we patients see that a professional and a so-called expert Cannot read who I am, cannot read my feelings, cannot read my kids, and is, is dismissing the truth and is just, you know, putting a diagnosis in there just from some observations based on their own reality and perception without actually having a basis that is gonna turn off people from going not just to those experts but to others too. And it's, it's, um disservice disservice to the people and a disservice to the colleagues who could have helped a person you know your show is more than therapy and I really like your approach how you educate people and you let them know how to find the um, the, ter- the therapist that can help them the therapies like I wish everybody in the world had a source like that especially teenagers who are bullied and schools, I have somebody in the family. I cannot hear you.
0: Funny thing, I couldn't hear myself. <laughs> <laughs> when you were talking about the psychiatrist who wasn't really able to be empathetic towards him, what was going on with you and your family I could totally relate to that. One of the reasons why I became a mental health therapist when I was in the military, I had a terrible, terrible time adjusting. I guess in, if you zoom out, it probably was an adjustment disorder because being on a submarine in the Navy was way different than being on the streets of Compton. But anyway, so you know, they diagnosed me with a personality disorder and they put me out of the military, honorably, but medically. And I just remember that, you know, I was I was going through something, you know, and I was I was decompens I decompensated when they put me, I was decompensating, I was in the midst of a decompensation when they put me out the military. And I didn't know what to do, I didn't know where to turn. So I, I turned to what I know, and that was the streets, and got further involved in things that I shouldn't have got involved in. If only I got the help I needed, my life could have turned out so much better. So when I got well, when, you know, through the help of you know, the right support, the right person in my life to get, get me back on track, to put me back on track, I made a commitment to be what I should have received, what I wanted to receive, what I sh- could have received in order to have a better outcome. But, you know, it, it took a very, very hard road to get to where I'm at today. Just based on that, I could still see that that chief petty officer talking about me disparaging comments about my culture and where I'm from and who I am as a person and labeling me with a label that there's no possible way that I could have that diagnosis and do what I do for a living, to do the work that I do on a daily basis. But he felt fit. And I was like, how can this person who, ne- who never even went to college or got a, a master's degree, or got a licensure, make such a definitive diagnosis or de- definitive labeling on a person like me which totally derailed me from a life that I could have had you know what I'm saying I'm probably 10 20 years off track just based on that and that's a terrible place to be that's really disrupted my harmony now if we go back to one of the keywords because you know if you could only get the help that you needed to receive your life could be so much different. So when I work with people, I like to meet them where they're at. I like to talk to them on their level. I mean, I might not necessarily curse or anything like that, but to let them know that I'm here for you. I'm here to support you with no judgment, with no disparaging comments. You will never have a hint that I judge you in any way. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to meet you where you're at because honestly, many paths can get us anywhere. It's the path that you take to get to recovery that I'm trying to pay for you. (laughs) I have a really good relationship with all my clients. and I just wish that I was a client, that I had a good relationship with the person treating me when I needed the help.
1: Yeah. And that's why I encourage people to find their gifts, to find their path. And especially when I see people who love to work with others, we, like, everybody's needed. I've lived, We are a traumatized world. Yeah. We are a traumatized world, and generations after we generation are traumatizing each other, and it has to stop. And it's going to stop with you and me and others who are healing. And while we're healing, as you say in one of your interviews, while we're healing, we're also able to help others because we're already f- at least a few steps ahead. And we can help somebody who is very, very low. They can barely drag themselves out of a a hole.
0: Indeed, indeed.
1: Um, Peace. You know, uh, you were talking about my work. And what we do now, me and my friend Marjorie Dietrich, Mm -hmm. is to help people find the power of their heart's intelligence And just in two, three minutes to shift from that fight or flight response and let the mind become an observer and go down into the heart, the space of neutrality. There's no good, bad in the heart. The heart is neutral. And find, you know, I say something, maybe that's very brave, not brave, um, daring. You can find God within you. You go back to source. You remember who you are. You know, talking about what you mentioned in the beginning about how you feel, there's blaming, there's shaming, there's a lot of stuff going on in there and you don't want to be in some environments where you would be reminded of all those thoughts coming in. Well, in that space, when you go back to yourself, to your core, you find out who you really are and that's empowerment. It's, it's healing, it's emotional healing, it changes your mindset, it helps you change subconscious beliefs, it helps you heal trauma. We've had people who came with deep trauma and in and, a and few minutes they really released and transformed a lot like that there's a huge release happening with people and people do find peace so there are tools out there there are people there are therapists there are tools i think nowadays we have access to every every kind of support human tools every kind of support we need to actually get ourselves back together and and be not just strong but find the peace, feel loved and feel the love for ourselves. And like you say, move towards harmony because it's not there, but we're moving towards it inside, outside and with each other.
0: Harmony, that's that's a foreign word to me. To be honest, I can't even say I know the definition. Please tell us what is harmony and what does it take to obtain it? Because honestly that's what I want for Christmas.
1: Uh, in my heart and in the meaning that I give to the word harmony because it's related to music. For me, it's all of us and each of us together holding space for each other and supporting each other and sharing the love, sharing the good vibes, just holding each other in there. That's part of the harmony because if you are troubled by something and i found my peace with my peace i can help you hold a space and together we can find harmony this is what i believe that harmony is harmony is dancing with everything that is in such a way that it doesn't overwhelm us it's not too exciting and it's not chaotic it's a song it's a song where everything we live inside and everything on the outside has its role and adds to the play, To the it's a musical note, and what we hear is harmony. That's what harmony is for me. It doesn't involve just me or just one emotion or one thought. It's the complexity of the being that I am, the being that you are, and the complexity of the connections with each other. It involves acceptance, self-acceptance, acceptance acceptance of the other, accepting diversity, accepting uniqueness. It's, It's more like acknowledging what is and making peace with it without being affected by the negative, affected by what could harm, without worrying, you know, Right. could be there, a little bit of fear, of doubt. I think that's okay. It's just not giving into it.
0: Okay. Okay, I'm going to marinate on that. I'm going on that.
1: It's a process.
0: It definitely is. <laughs> <clears throat> the work you do. Tell us about the work you do in regard to getting people to connect with their consciousness. Yes, tell us about that.
1: It's all going back to what I call sovereignty. And for me, sovereignty is integrity. Knowing your values, knowing what you believe in, knowing what you want, what you don't want in your life, knowing what you stand for. When you have that clarity, you start building your core. You start building something very strong inside you. And you will not be pushed away by somebody else's thoughts or naming or bullying or anything. You will remember who you are based on these things. And outside things will not define you. You are going to define yourself because you don't look on the outside for creating an image about yourself. You're going to look in the inside and you're going to seek for your truth. And things change, beliefs change, circumstances change, lots of things change. But the trajectory, the structure that you build for yourself and the vision you have in your life is going to stay on track. Even if you make mistakes, even if maybe you take on a path that doesn't feel perfectly right. That's okay. You're going to learn the lessons. You're going to gather the wisdom and that's going to make you stronger. This is what um, stands at the core of of my work and healing trauma or supporting healing trauma as part of my work too, because I have seen through my experience and witnessing others and working with, with people that Unless we are aware of what's deep and we, unless we work with it, we cannot change our future because it's in our beliefs, it's in our subconscious and fear, doubt, worries, lots of things come out and we will be hindered in our way. So becoming a pillar for yourself, becoming a person with that inner structure that doesn't move when things change on the outside is part of healing and discovering your truth and healing your past so you can shift the future and it also relates to connecting with the divinity within whether we call it god source allah however we want to call it for me that's the unchanging part of us will always be there whether we're suffering or not whether we're happy or not through harmony or disharmony it's gonna be there, I, and for me, that's the rock, that's the guiding light. That's what I help people get to.
0: Indeed, indeed. Whew! You laid a lot on us today. A lot of, a lot on us. A lot on us.
1: It's about Ooh. faith, isn't it? It's about something. Faith. Yeah. Faith. <laughs> it's about faith. Like, um, so for me, I don't know how. you you feel about it. For me, what helped me build resilience through anything was uh, seeing God like the sun at the horizon and always moving towards that. When I put the higher power to guide my life, I can go through anything. I went through humiliation, shaming, bullying as a child, as as a teenager, as a mother. um, I've been through a lot of shit, like you say. Not as much as you, I have to really admit your story is like, mm, and there are so many people like you, I'm so sorry that people go through this, these experiences, but I went through my own, and this is what helped me, really looking ahead at a light in front of me, and I will not stop until I die, and that's the light I want to reach, that's the line I want to be connected to, and I'm going to find it wherever it is and wherever I am.
0: Mm. All right, let's see if we can get some <clears throat> questions from the listening audience. All right, why do we need clarity on our values, beliefs, and relationships?
1: Because in my opinion, and yeah. what I've noticed in my from my experience, It's what helps us have healthy relationships, um, live in balance, and not get ourselves into hurtful situations. Mm -hmm. Once we have these clear and, you know, cleaning up from time to time and learning what was okay, what was not okay, what do I want, what do I don't want, we're actually making space in our life for what serves us or where really is helpful for us. And we stop the, the cycle of, of trauma for us and our families.
0: How can we have healthy relationships? I'll be honest with you, this question came from me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a good one. Uh, especially when we didn't have any role models in our families. And I actually um, did and mostly didn't. (laughs) We can have healthy relationships when first we look at ourselves. Honestly, I I didn't do that, but I learned after going through an unhealthy relationship, or actually more is first who am i asking myself who am i who what's what's my potential who is the person i want to become getting you know figuring that out listening to myself listening to my own needs and finding my own voice this is and self love self compassion this has been the best thing that i have ever done And reaching healthy relationships. Finding myself, my truth, and expressing it. Because I became empowered. And what I became, I attracted in my life. And this is how I had healthy relationships. Whether it was love or friendships or anything, this is what what has come into my life. Once I made the decision, I made the shift.
0: Indeed, indeed. I know for myself, you know, having healthy relationships. Well, oftentimes the relationship became unhealthy or wasn't healthy because of a lack of communication. And so I tell my clients all the time that the Achilles heel of any relationship is gonna be a communication. If you get fired from your job or if the job lays you off or the job goes under, More than likely, it was a lack of communication regarding, you know, your your productivity or their financial situation. If it's in a relationship, it might be, you know, the fact that you're not feeling loved or feeling wanted or, you know, getting your needs met and you're not communicating appropriately. Or maybe you are communicating appropriately, but the communication isn't optimal because they're not hearing you or they're ignoring you or they're not adhering to your language, your love language. You know what I'm saying? It's not always, remember they say communication is 90% nonverbal. So, I mean, you have to be able to understand that. I think sometimes it's just a lack of maturity and a lack of, and that maturity is not so much your age or anything like that, but it's just based on if you did not see it in your household coming up, where are you to learn those attributes? You have, you learn it through trial and error, unfortunately, a lot of people might get hurt or lost in the aftermath of that.
1: Or education, uh, How this is how I learned, you know, trial and error plus educating myself and reading, but it, it has to be a will, isn't it? Like a decision. I want to know more. I want to educate myself. That's a step further. And it, it needs taking ourselves out of the comfort zone. But yeah, communication is, is key. And it takes courage, isn't it, to speak yes. and, and ask and hear and listen. It takes courage to listen. It takes courage to speak.
0: Indeed, um, indeed. And with
1: every step, oh my gosh, I really you are so right. I really encourage everybody to just just try. What's you know, sometimes what can hurt you? <laughs> You would
0: because honestly, in the background, it is hurting you anyway. So, yeah, well, you know, open up and be that. And if they and, can't understand you, or they're not willing to understand you, or work with you in regards to that, then honestly, why are you throwing so much energy at it? Let it go.
1: And Let sometimes, go. like I've discovered, we're gonna find out that oh, I was just in my mind, <laughs> like, <laughs> they didn't even think of that. Oh, yeah. okay, so you're just gonna. You know, make an illusion go away and just make peace in a relationship just by expressing how you think and feel. And there is one more thing with, with that, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we can talk about something else if you need oh, to. You're fine,
0: you're fine. It's,
1: it's about um, respect. You know, I was afraid to say something because I was afraid of somebody else's reaction. It was not about the consequences and stuff, but it was about reaction. And Mm -hmm. then over time, I learned, wait a minute, if I speak respectfully, because people think, oh, I might hurt the other person if I tell my truth. Well, think again. I mean, if you speak respectfully and you really show you care, the best thing that can happen is they get it, they feel respected, seen, valued, appreciated. Like, oh, you want to know my opinion? Oh, you see me? Or That's going to be great. And the worst thing that can happen is, like you said, They won't hear you. And you realize, oh, um, why am I in this thing anyway? (laughs) Like, it doesn't serve me, is it? Like, "Mm, okay. (laughs) Maybe there's a change. (laughs) (laughs) No
0: doubt, no doubt. Oh, another question. Here we go. (laughs) Why do we need to master the art of letting go?
1: So we can forgive. So we can forgive ourselves, so we can forgive others, so we can bring peace to our minds and to our hearts. And peace of mind is gonna come only when we get into the habit, the habit of letting go. I know it's hard. I've been doing it. I'm still I still need to let go of some things, and I will always find some things to that need to be, you know, let go of, but it helps with finding peace. And if we're thinking about the body fight or flight response, the vagus nerve, the more we let go, the more we take our brain from that state and the more our brain is gonna feel like, oh, this is a new state for me. Can I really live in peace? And once we get to that, healing can continue in in deeper levels and our life is gonna change.